Doesn't it remind you when we didn't get those Maesters boxes? Oh, I wasn't even thinking. <laughs> Too soon, I mean. Too soon. Well, it's like eight, eight years later. <laughs> My Maesters box, I'll take Still it now. Still grumbling over it. I'll take it, it now. <laughs> You are listening to a podcast of ice and fire, episode number 256 for the week of May 17th. Welcome back, listeners, to the longest-running podcast dedicated to the epic glory of George R.R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire. As always, this is Ashley, this is Amin, and this is Kyle. And uh, today's the start of something new. That's right. We're going into... Well, we finished Storm of Swords, probably our longest reread ever in terms of the books, and now we're going to read A Feast for Crows and A Dance for Dragons together as a combined reread. Nice. And what is the what is the correct term for this? Well, for this, the version we're reading is Feast Dance. There's, I think there's a few different names for different combinations or orders of a few chapters, but this is Feast Dance, which was put together by Sean T. Collins at uh, Boiled Leather, podcast our friends okay. over there. So that's what we're following. I'm not going to lie. I absolutely hate the name Feast Dance. (laughs) Uh, I'd rather it be like uh, Dragon Feast or something. (laughs) Well, we we can call it whatever we want. We're the ones doing it right now. (laughs) A Feast for Dragons. Feast for Dragons. Yeah, that sounds much better. Or a Feast with Dragons if you want to hang out with them. Yes. I should put a poll up on, on the Twitter to see what we should call it. Sure. What the name should Put a couple of those should... suggestions up, yeah. Yeah, that's what we should do. Yeah. I actually have oh a, a bit of news, although it's not Ice and Fire related, it is George related. I just saw it today, I thought it was interesting. I'll uh, All right. send it your way here. Basically, uh, George and I think one or two other investors have purchased a railway uh, in <laughs> Santa Fe. Okay. <laughs> see, I would have thought he would have bought a steamboat. That's what I was thinking, like fever dream. But uh, mm-hmm. he's bought a local railway that I think I guess was trying to, that was dying or something. And uh, he's now a railway investor. Oh, what is it? Uh, sorry, I'm scared to click on any link. My computer's very old, oh, okay. and I I can describe it. Yeah, I, I, my Skype might crash if I open links <laughs> at the moment. But uh, what's he doing on this train? What's it for? Is it just like a touristy thing? Is it? Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, it looks like it's just a local touristy train, or maybe some locals use it. I'm guessing it was probably having some uh, issues, and then they're going to try to get it built up to, you know, improve it and get it back up to what it used to. I think that's the same thing you think he did with his theater, right? He bought something that was uh, struggling, and then he brought it back to life with investor money, right? And I think okay. his theater is doing pretty well, so we'll see how the railway adventure goes. But he's working the way toward being the monopoly man. And- yeah. Railways and theaters. <laughs> Napoli, man. <laughs> I gotta say, it sounds like one of you guys has the Chase Beard syndrome going on right now. Um, it's probably Ashley. She's on the tablet. I guess that's why you're trying to. Yeah. <laughs> sounds mean, like you're, you're I, rubbing I it against your five o'clock shadow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I can't help it. This, uh, <laughs> I, I, I spent 10 minutes trying to get Skype to open and it's not. So now I'm restarting the computer and it's not doing that either. So, uh, yeah. Technical difficulties. <laughs> can you guys hear the giant plane flying over my house right now? Yes, I can hear that. Yep. 
I guess it's not a giant plane. It's a regular sized plane, but um, it sounds giant. So, yeah, George has a train. (laughs) (laughs) Where do we want to jump right into it? Do we have any other news to discuss? So, uh, you know, the world's still dying. Murder bees are here and... uh... There's no no murder bees in Chicago, whatever we talk (laughs) about. There's all those, what are the, the the plagues of Egypt? Yeah, I think the the, the sand people should be coming any time now. Um, You know, there's probably a meteorite on its way. Sounds like you have a great outlook on things. It's not well, I don't think it. the rivers have turned to blood yet, so I mean, well, I guess you say, we still got time. You, you say that, but it's the water turning to blood, and here in California, the oceans have red tide, so the oceans are red here in uh, Southern California. Well, just great, Kyle. Why don't you just <laughs> fill me with more joy? <laughs> <laughs> we've got the locusts, right? The murder hornets. We've locusts, got the yeah. we've got the plague happening. Uh, anybody get any boils and blisters? I don't. <laughs> there you go. I don't, I don't know what the what they are. I got to rewatch the Mummy to remember. But, uh, yeah, George uh, actually was, has a uh, one of his, in Haviland Tough. He has some uh, plagues as well, a plague story in his short uh, sci-fi stuff. So, ooh, love it. Love it. All right, so the way this reread goes is the first two chapters, uh, it starts off with the prologue for A Dance with Dragons, and then second is the prologue for Feast for Crows. So those are going to be the two chapters we are going over today. So I have a quick comment. Just I, I noticed when I was rereading just the dedication in, in A Dance with Dragons that George, when he, George dedicated it all to like all his fans around the world, and name yep. specific ones, and uh, your, your buddy Fabio is is there within the dedication. Heck yeah! He's lucky to have he, his name. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you mean my Dungeons and Dragons DM? That's Fabio? right. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably uh, part of that. Uh, I think the timing of this, because the, the book came out just after the season, right? I think maybe he had met them at the whole breakfast thing, right? And then maybe Fabio was in his mind at that time, right? Because that's probably the order of things. Maybe. Could be. You think he's going to thank uh, Podcast of Ice and Fire in the next one? If the book had come out in 2014, yes. But I think right now he's <laughs> forgotten about the, the, the dinner. Yeah, right. We're, we're, the, we're, the only, we're the only ones still carrying the banner digitally anyway. <laughs> but I think we were more in his mind immediately back then than now. So, yeah, I think odds are low. But the four man woodies, that's still a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, actually... Um, Blackfire in, in here is in here too. The Brotherhood Without Banners. He mm-hmm. is one of my uh, fellow D and D players in that game. That is DM'd oh, by Kyle, Fabio. You're building up your nerd cred there. So. <laughs> <laughs> cool. You should you should officially join the Brotherhood then if you if you know somebody there. They, they're yeah. old school. I know. I gotta step up my game. <laughs> Be knighted. I gotta, I gotta hang a few frays. so i mean i think you want to do the recap for this one sure i can do that i mean it's basically well it's a prologue chapter so the the pov is gonna die and (laughs) it's the slow death of this guy as as he's slowly fading away from life and he's considering his options uh you're just getting his life story although yeah he's just a jackass yeah and the more you read the 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 more you hate him (laughs) that's right 
Well, we already also know this guy. I feel like the other prologues, yeah. or not all the other prologues, but we don't know the people. We're meeting them for the first time. Yeah, it just goes so. deeper into his background, although you do realize that it's kind of lucky that this guy, or I don't know, lucky, or I mean, it, that he died, because he was actually quite powerful. He could have really affected the story. Like, he's, he's a really powerful skin changer, and you go into his history, and how he could have, for example, he thinks he could have stolen Ghost away, but Manson let him do that at the time, and his abilities, like he could have had a quite an impact, and he just gets stabbed to death by some random kid. <laughs> gets taken out of yeah. the story. So that, that that part is interesting. I mean, he's a, he, he's not a enjoyable character to to learn about, but you do you do find that he's interesting in terms of his power. He could have certainly affected things, and now he's dead, or I mean, he's in his second life. Oh wait, that yeah. was the whole recap. <laughs> we follow this guy who's gonna die. Wow. That was the recap. Well, it gives views into like it tells us more about skin changing and, and <laughs> what happened there, but there's not that much. Like uh... <laughs> <laughs> best recap ever. Yeah. It's a prologue, so we follow this guy who's gonna die. <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So we're following Veramer Six Skins or Skin Changer or no Six Skins. Sorry. Um, who apparently is also known as Lump. Yes, that's his, that's his original nickname, whatever. Or I gotta tell you, I was getting so confused when it was like, he they were just throwing out all these names, like Hoggard or whatever he calls himself, then Bump, and then Lump, and then I was like, who are these people? <laughs> I think I had to reread a few pages a couple times to be like, oh, okay, I gotcha. I follow it now. So... Uh, what's the name? Uh, the, the H name? I can't think of at the moment. Hagen. Hagen was Hag- his, his like teacher. So Hagen, yeah, Hagen was the the skin changer that his father like abandoned him with. Yeah, or dropped him off with, and then um, he was called Lump because his, his brother was Bump. But his it was his younger brother called Bump, yes. right? He, okay. his brother, the younger brother was born healthy and was strong. He was born late and weak, but he had the, okay. the skin changer power. And so he ultimately he was jealous of his brother and he used, he walked into, well, he skin changed into the dogs and used them to kill his brother. When okay. He was Did kid. he skin change into all the dogs or just one of the dogs? I think just into one of them was sufficient, right? Okay. Yeah. And he killed his brother. And that's yeah. how his dad found out. Oh, wait, sorry. His dad had to kill the dogs, and he was in one of the dogs when his dad split the dog's head open. Yeah. And the kids screamed. That's how they knew he was a skin changer. So they dropped. So that's why he took him to Haggard or... Haggard. I keep thinking I keep thinking of the Harry Potter guy. Yeah. <laughs> Hagrid. Took him to Haggard. <laughs> um, Hagen. There we go. Okay, cool. Gotcha. Wanted to make sure I got all that straight. Yeah, yeah, so then he um, Hagen really takes care of him pretty well, and he takes him, what's interesting, to kind of like a meetings. There's meetings of the skin changers. You see some of the other skin changers we've seen in the stories. They like, kind of meet each other and treats him well, and then he just basically backstabs Hagen in the yeah. end. Like, he even turns against him. And they're all north of the wall at this point, right? They're all wildlings. Yeah. Okay. And it seems like Hagen was a friend of the, the Night's Watch and would kind of go down and hang out with them every now and then or something that was interesting yeah though he would go and trade with them and he didn't have a problem with them essentially i mean that, that's there's a lot of close ties between the next watch and the, and the wildlings when they're not fighting each other there's all kinds of trading and interactions going on yeah yeah they, they don't mind the ones that aren't trying to climb the wall yeah okay 
and everybody just sort of ignores that he's a skin changer. They know he is, but they don't kind of bring it, they don't really bring it up. Yeah, essentially, it's a, it's a rude to bring it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so are all the are all like the major or the known skin changers north of the wall? Besides, I think so besides the Starks kind of warging and stuff, do we have any major skin changers down south or anywhere else? Not well, anymore. he makes the comment that they that, that they're hunted down down south, but I yeah. I don't know that that's something that's still done. I don't think they even recognize them, and yeah. may, maybe small folk will see it as like some sort of freak or demon and kill them for that reason. Mm. Well, so especially back to the time of the Andals, I'm sure when they came over, they they killed most of them off, and then I, I'm guessing a lot of it is genetic. So if most of them were killed off, there's not a lot not a lot of the genetic pool left south of the wall. There were some. I mean, you have I think like the yeah, I don't know family. how much of it is genetics. I mean, it's, yeah. I think it's easy to assume that, but Veramir also talks about how he has lots of kids yes, with different women, and none of them ever had the gift. Yeah, but I mean, it could still you, be genetics. You think like one of his kids, right? Yeah. We don't know the mechanism for it. Um, so, but, but, but I think Ashley's point is a good one, at least, at least until recently, if there was somebody, they'd probably still be killed off. Maybe now they don't believe it. They don't train it anyway. They, had, yeah. they have nobody, no teachers, so it just doesn't get developed. And like John, all the Stark kids, they they were teenagers, and some of them still don't even know that they are what they are. So I mean, like it could be they just never knew knew what they were, or yeah, had that uh, innateness to do it on their own, which makes him special, like that he was able to do it as a kid and control it in some manner. Yeah, like like Amin said, he sounds super powerful. Yeah, he's a prodigy. He's a prodigy, and then and then he's taken out of the the story here. <laughs> so he could have uh, been influential. Yeah, the fact that he had six animals like in his thrall. That's kind of like uh, when George was saying, like he he took Kevin out because you know Kevin could have ruined the story. Maybe mm. Veramir is one of those people who could have potentially just brought down the story. Yeah, but he was so wimpy and pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he also his his other function. I mean, I think it's not a surprise. There's so much like story about skin changing and warging, and like in his this chapter, I think George's trying to get okay. This book is going to have more. We're getting into more magical stuff going forward, but also just the the concept that he talks about what's been forbidden and what's not, and taking over a person is supposed to be very difficult. And no one's supposed to do it, but it could be possible. And he's thinking about it. He fails because he's 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 already wounded and dying, but opens the door on taking over people, which is something Bran could potentially do. Right, and we've had Bran already do that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> At the uh, the watchtower there, how powerful Bran is. Like, Bran can do it nonchalantly. Or maybe maybe it's because Hodor is so uh, feeble-minded. I don't know. That's like, I mean, Hodor's resistance to it would, would be lower than other people probably, right? He's just, he wouldn't know what's going on. Or, yeah. it, it, so that was, but, but Bran has that ability, and Bran's even more powerful than than uh, Varamir, but I mean, like, so so Varamir would be like, if you had, oh, I don't, we don't know the total ones, but like Varamir would be like in the top ten of them right now, and Bran's number one, but still a guy in the top ten, it'd still be yeah. quite influential. I enjoy in stories when like you can have an extremely powerful character who just isn't a major character who can just sort of like not be part of it. I feel, yeah. I feel like immature stories often will take like oh this guy has a lot of power so he needs to be a significant like player 
Yes. Whereas, like, George is just kind of showing, like, yeah, this guy's super powerful, but he doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, he, like he could have, but, you know, he stole the wrong cloak and he got stabbed. <laughs> no, come on. To be fair, he wasn't going to do shit even if he didn't get stabbed by that kid. Well, he was strong before then. He was just running away. He wasn't injured at that point, I don't think. No. Yeah, but I mean, he's not going to do he's not going to do anything more than he was doing before. He'll he'll go find some village and he'll Well, he, he does realize that the others are the enemy and he knows that they're going for the crows. He can't make a deal with the others. He's he's trying to avoid them. So, if he's still around, there's the other guy that's massing forces, right? The the guy um the weeper or whatever. He's trying to to, yeah. to mass forces. He probably he might have joined him. Mm. No, he said he was planning on going to Hard Home. Hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, where sorry. the witch is having. There's a witch there that's having like visions that the, the ships are going to save them. Although those are probably and it would have been ships, the slavers. Right? Yeah. So it could have been. There's probably a fan fiction out there where he goes across. He gets slaver, so he go, goes across the the way and takes over, and then he meets up with Danny, and Danny's into those kinds of guys. So she <laughs> she and him would hook up together, and then then you know they'd come, then he'd warg a dragon, and then you know he's king. So I mean. <laughs> George had to have him stabbed by a kid yeah. because this is what was coming. <laughs> oh my gosh! There you go. He's a wimp. He never would have caught Dan- <laughs> Danny. Wouldn't have ever even looked in his direction. I think, Kyle, you're letting you're letting his dying few moments. No, I'm letting. I don't like I, him either. I, I, I think I'm it's taking him. I'm dying, taking him his own. His own look at himself, being like, "I'm such a coward. I ran away." <laughs> him being a wimp and not nope. going to make any difference. He was burning. He Anytime was burning it gets difficult, every he's... time it gets difficult, he's going to go cower. He ain't going to do shit with his power. <laughs> what did nope. he do before? He like George... he, he preyed on the fear of a couple local villages and he kidnapped the women. Like what a piece of shit. Guy doesn't do anything. Doesn't even fight his own battles. He he makes the animals fight his battles. Granted, he's inside them, but still. <laughs> oh, I mean, what's Bran going to do? Is Bran going to fight on his own battles? He has, he, he just abused his powers, right? He, he used his powers for, the, for and abused them. Hopefully, Bran won't do that comparatively. Yeah. So he's showing what what can be done. Like these powers are incredibly powerful, but if you abuse them, you can do great evil, and he did. So I was so hoping that this girl that was helping him out had indeed run off on him hmm. and then she comes back and i'm like no what are you doing <laughs> yeah uh, george killed him because he would have been king thistle yeah it, it also <laughs> it also shows uh it also shows more about the second life and and going into the animals when you die for john potentially to go into ghost temporarily while his body's like resuscitated or brought back like an avenue from it's giving useful information george is using that this prologue to give that information that's true that's true. They are kind of setting that up. I can see that. I think I believe that theory more after having read this chapter. Mm. Four. So ultimately, he fails, though. I mean, I guess th- does that spear wife die as well, or she's like clawing at herself? I'm not sure if she. Yeah, can we go over this final moment here? Because yeah. I, I think it's it's a little confusing. It's confusing, yeah. And yeah. I'm not even sure that the how everything plays out exactly. Like, th- does he try to take her o- her over and gives up? Like, it doesn't work. So then he switches to the wolf. So I'm confused by it. So he so he's outside. He's by he's like leaning against a tree or something like a heartwood or mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, and Thistle returns, and he immediately jumps into her, and there's some sort of psychological battle happening where she's screaming to get out. Right? 
Um, so then she reaches for Veramir's body against the tree. Uh, he can't stop that. And then she like bites off her own tongue. Yep. Okay. Where's this chapter? I mean, where's this? Uh... And then, and then he just leaves her and goes to the hound or she, what, what happens next? Yo, yeah, I-, I feel like she, she fought him too hard. And like in the process, she bit off her tongue of, you know, pushing him out, I guess. That's my computer again. Sorry. Still well, working well, on it. I mean, what, what, what ultimately happens if, if you follow the, ch- the chapter in terms of chronology, the, the, the others, at least, no, the whites get there because it's, it's talking about like these dead uh, things coming. They're not prey and, yep. they, and they come and kill them. But I just, I'm not a hundred percent sure if, they had already died, like she had died from shock, and then they were killed by them, or they just showed up. They probably were alive. Like, I don't know exactly the order of when he got booted out. Like, I think he got booted out into the wolf and was watching from there and then saw the the whites come in and finish them off. That seems to be the order of things. But it, it, why he failed, like, could he could he have succeeded if he kept trying? Or was he just, he couldn't because he was so weak? We don't know the f- exact result other than she, super, she resisted a lot. Yeah, but, but he said people resist... Before, why? Well, he's had animals resist. He has, he'd never tried to take over a person before. Okay. That, that was... One. So I okay. guess this is showing that how strong Bran is, or maybe just how weak he was at that point. I mean, he was already almost dead. Yeah. So... I think that if he had been full strength, he would have been able to do it. But what what's interesting is, I mean, if he, even if he had succeeded, he was probably screwed because the whites were coming. He was going to be able to outrun mm-hmm. them, probably. So, uh, except uh, uh, as the wolves. So... It became moot, but because since they got killed off by the whites. All right, and she she also clawed like Veramir's eyes out or something. She clawed her own eyes out, I think. Right? She was like, no, no, I, th- I, I, no I, I think she clawed his eyes out mm. and then yeah. her own tongue. Her own like, tongue. She was See, yeah. fighting back. She she understood what he was trying to do to oh, her. To and his she face. Was doing okay. what she could to stop. He okay. tried to put him down, but the hands did not obey. Okay, she was clawing at his eyes. Yeah. So then, so then, I guess he loses control. She's like crazy, and he loses control, and he goes into the weirwood. I didn't know skin changes go into weirwoods. Well, that's yeah, I was confused. That, at that, 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 that makes well, that makes me think that the weirwoods are 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 alive. Well, I mean, Bran and Bloodraven are using the weirwoods, so it's interesting that he accessed them. That is interesting. Okay, let's see inside the weirwood, gazing. <laughs> okay, and he's yeah. watching. Yeah. Well, the so he's watching I mean, the weirwood. <laughs> yeah, he's in the weirwood yeah. watching um, his own body twitching on the ground. Yeah, and then Thistle's body dancing, blind and bloody, just dancing around, dead. But her now her eyes are look like sound like they're torn out, even though it said before it was like his eyes. Um, I think she did to herself as well. She just went insane. Yeah. Ripping at her clothes, then both were gone, and he was rising, melting, his spirit born on some cold wind. Then he's jumping around between animals after being in the weirwood, which is interesting. He jumps around between animals, and he he goes by a sleeping direwolf. Now, I don't know if that's just some random direwolf, or if that's somehow ghost. I, I, I don't know. That's interesting. But then he, he ends up toward his own wolves, and he's able to, I think, go into one eye, since he has the most connection with, with yeah. one eye. Also seems like he he jumps into a bunch of other trees too. So it seems like trees are an available or plants are an available option. Yeah, that's that is important. Like important confirmation there. 
Oh, he went to worms. <laughs> okay, so he's jumping all over the place. So this must be over like kind of a little bit of time here where he's jumping around. Yeah. Okay. It makes it sound like it's like instantaneous, but this probably takes a little bit. Um, well, it says true death came after that, so I think his his body was just like dying. It was literally in the last few minutes of dying, he's jumping around, settling, and then the true death came where his actual body died. Well, uh, true death seems like it would be his consciousness for like a, a skin changer, right? It seems like his body is already dead. Well, since true death came in a shock of, I think I think like his brain is dead now, like his his biological brain, and the rest of his body is that's it. Anyway, so that, that that's where he is now. I think we see more of one eye later, if I recall correctly. But he's going to slowly lose his personality. Okay, so he so he's not actually dead right now. He's in one eye. Yeah. So he, he didn't die. I mean, your whole <laughs> synopsis of this chapter. No, was but wrong. he essentially died. I mean, he's not going to be able to do anything. He's not going to be able to leave one eye, and his personality is going to slowly fade. So he's he's done. Like Varamir, the skin changer. Is <laughs> he's, he's a wolf. You know. Well, he's powerful. Maybe he could jump. Oh, and actually, the, the very the very last chapter. Here we go. You see Thistle again, and she's a white. Like her her eyes yep. are blue. Yeah, that's why I'm see. saying that this jumping around must have taken a while because yeah, they don't. They, I mean, it happens somewhat quickly, but not like instantaneous. No, it's not instantaneous. I mean, the whites have to get there as well, and all. Yeah, so yeah. It's uh, yeah. He went in the worms too. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So she shows up. A hundred ratings. And, and yeah. we're led to believe that... Um, does she recognize Faramir in one eye? Is that? Is, do you think that's what it means by she sees me? Or do you think he's just saying, like, as she sees one eye? Yeah, she sees, like, she, she's able to see that there's something there. I don't, I don't think I read anything particularly. Though. Here's another interesting line. A great elk trumpeted unsettling the children on his back. That's Bran and the kids, right? That That's them. So that's pretty interesting. Okay. Where is this? A great elk trumpeted, unsettling the children clinging to his back. So in the last few paragraphs, when he's jumping around, a sleeping direwolf. So that must be one of their direwolves. Oh, nice. And they would be nearby because they would have. They would. They would still be nearby at this time in terms of the chronology of what happened. Mm. So that's pretty cool. So wait, back to what I was saying. That so that means that the whites and the others can, or the the whites can see into creatures so she if she can see a veramir is in one eye that's saying the whites can like see these skin these animals that are being controlled by skin changers i don't know i mean she can certainly see the whites can certainly see the animals i don't know if they can actually tell that it's being controlled or not it, it, it begs like the question is how conscious are whites are, are they just a thing that's controlled by the others or are mm. they in some way sentient at all, at all? Yeah. Yeah. So they have they retain some of the knowledge they had before. That's accessible, but again, is it is it them doing it or is just their, that knowledge is being accessed? And it mm. goes back to who, who what's uh, cold hands? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So then we switch books. Oh my god! I have to have two books out for this recap. <laughs> you had to find your physical books. It took you a while. And you're like flipping between two massive books. They, yeah. I have a, like a a, col- a, um, a stack of boxes in my closet. Yeah, and um, I forgot which one the books were in. Well, they were in the bottom one, and uh, <laughs> rather difficult to get to with my setup. So yeah, it took me took me quite a while to get my books out today. 
but I did it. You know, cool. I have way too many copies of a Game of Thrones. George signed. I have them all signed by George, and uh, can't throw them out. That's God right. damn it! <laughs> uh, too much stuff. Um, cool. So in this chapter, the prophet. Oh wait, nope. Sorry, I skipped a chapter here. We've got the prologue of a feast for crows. We have uh, it's basically about Pate and his buddies who are. Um, uh, kids who are in uh, in Old Town training to be maesters, I believe. Yep. And so, uh, Pate has this uh, dream of uh, taking the maiden head of Rosie at the inn, who's this young girl. Um, but he needs a golden dragon, so he uh, there's this mysterious alchemist figure who uh, sort of promises him. Um, a dragon, as far as I understand. And, uh, you know, of course, with certain complications. But uh, this chapter is kind of Pate and his buddies talking about the Citadel. We learn about glass candles and different stuff. And they talk about dragons and the rumors. And then um, eventually, Pate meets back up with the alchemist. And they sort of make a little deal here. And then Pate... Uh, is dead. <laughs> he falls on the ground and uh, never gets to sleep with Rosie. Well, he wanted more than just to sleep with her. He wanted to take her away. And she seemed maybe... Oh, actually, it's hard to tell if she seemed open to actually leaving. But anyway, he cared about her. And yeah, he's got a lot of dreams. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got a lot of ideas That's of right. what to do with this girl who she barely even knows who he is. So uh, I think a lot of it might be a bit of a pipe yeah. dream here. Yes, although she didn't like, she does like him a little bit. At least she's the one who introduced introduced him to the alchemist in the first place, and they seem to get along fair well, fair enough. But yeah, he's got got high high hopes here, high dreams that are not feasible. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, one of the key parts of this chapter is Alaris the Sphinx, who's actually yes. Sorella, who's uh, you know one of um, Oberyn's daughters. Yeah, you know, rereading this, uh, I I don't know if I've reread this properly since you know learning that. Yeah, because <laughs> I was reading it like, yeah, that's it changes Sarah. the way you read the chapter. And, and, and then, you know, when you know yeah, it really does. And I don't think I ever reread it like with that in mind. Like, oh, that's them, and pay, paying attention to what they do and say and how they act. So that that, that felt new to me. Wait, what? <laughs> I, I don't think I've reread it with the fact that it's Sorella in my head. Like I, no, 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 no. Actually no. Okay, stop there. The wait, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Sorella, if you Alaris, if you read backwards, is Sorella. Well, I see that now. Yeah. But, wait, wait, wait. Are, are you messing with me? Or no, I do not. I do not know about yeah. this. See, I'm so excited to get to these books because there's so much shit. Like when this podcast ends, I basically like don't stop thinking about these books. So I don't go to the forums and read all the fan theories anymore. Yeah. Not like I used well, to. And these, I mean, these so, theories are old. We're talking about theories from like, uh, well, yeah. But apparently, I didn't ago. read them well back then. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, nobody, nobody really talks about them much anymore now. But yeah, these, these okay, are so theories that I, I am. This, this is my role in this podcast. Is I'm the, <laughs> I'm the, the dumb guy. Who asks all the questions, and he's like, "For the new readers, I, I'm the I'm the new readers' perspective here. 
All right. So explain to me like I'm five. Okay. So okay, I thought you were having a go at me or something. <laughs> no. So Sorella Sand, who is a woman. Yes. Is masquerading as a dude in Old Town. Okay. In the Citadel. As a, for, as a, for what reason here? To learn to become a maester. Supposedly, we don't. Oh, know. so she doesn't have any. Um, um, well, we don't uh, sinister. Or, uh, I don't think there's sin- uh, don't sinister, know. but we, we don't know. The, we don't know the full. I mean, I think herself for sure. She wants to maybe mace or why not? She she would enjoy it, but there may be other purposes of just keeping an eye what's what's going on over there and informing. I'm su- I'm sure she's informing back on what's happening there. Uh, yeah, when we get to the uh, Doran's chapters, uh, we'll have to relook at what he says. I, I can't remember if he says that she's playing there or yes. did he send her there. I thought it was that she went off on her own because she wanted to. I can certainly see her doing that of her own interest. Just, I mean, even even Oberyn himself, I think, forged a few chains in the time. But now <laughs> she's like, well, I, I mean, women can't become maesters, right? They can't do that. Yeah, that's so, why. So she's going to go do that. to be a dude. Pretending to be a dude, do that. And then if Doran can take advantage of that at the same time, why not, right? To be in contact with her and be informed what's going on. Over Is there. there a physical description of her? Like, is there a point? I, yeah. I yeah. remember now, I'm trying to reread this chapter already, where people say, kind of a, a, allude to a more feminine features, or? Yeah, she has like a, a soft voice and... And, okay. Uh, widows. I mean, this is her description with the, the the hair and the widow's peak. Widow's peak was often used to describe Oberyn. That goes one of his descriptions. But just and, and Oberyn did have a, a bastard daughter with someone from the, the Summer Islands. I believe that's confirmed as well, right? I mean, that, that is Sorella. So it, it it wouldn't have been obvious to anyone reading it the first time, but it just came out via the theories and people rereading that it's that character. And uh, yeah, because we don't learn more about Sorella until later in this book, right? Yes. For, yeah. Okay. Cool. She, I she love must it. have a, enough coin on her that people are assuming that she's a lord's daughter. Yes, so that's right. They're claiming not to be. Uh, so she must have, you know, look like she's wealthy or have money on her, or whatever. Well off. She's well trained with the bow too, right? She's she's got a, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So so each of the sand snakes is uh is um has a weapon of choice. Her seems yeah. to be the bow. And they're just infiltrating everything, right? They have them. They have the one that's in like the faith as well. That it's like they're just all going over the place and power areas and <laughs> infiltrating, reporting back. Dornish conspiracy. Yes. Dorn takes over the earth. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you have these various characters. Some of them more lowborn, some highborn, all working toward their chains. Pate's not doing a very good job at it. He's not able oh. to to make it, unfortunately. Um. <clears throat> Nope. Nope. He is bad. <laughs> uh, that being said, there's still most of them. They're all buddies except for Leo the asshole, who's uh, Leo Tyrell, and he has that name. Like that, that's he benefits from that name. He doesn't have any capabilities other than well, I mean, he was he was trained and he has he can fight and stuff, but he's just using his name to get out of stuff. Even though, I'm sure he, like, he was being punished, right? He's supposed to be uh, locked up or something or self-exiled or whatever, self-contained for a few a few more days. He just leaves. He doesn't care. Yeah. Boo to him. So here, stories of the sailors and the stories of the dragons are spreading everywhere. Danny's dragons and Leo confirms some of that as well. So that the, this is showing how far news of Danny's dragons is going. 
I love how he's like, we can't believe any of this. One person says the dragons are in Korth, and some one person says they're in Marine, and mm. one says they're over here. And it's like, yeah, you fool, she's going all over the place. <laughs> well, they don't know that, right? But it makes sense. I, to I know, but yeah. I love that that's like one of the reasons, like, we can't believe this. They, all, they always mention a different city. <laughs> yeah. Just shows you how slow world word travels. Like, yeah. I mean, fast, but slow, you know? Cool. This this made me want to like. I'm a big cider drinker. I like hard ciders, and all this talk of strong cider made me really thirsty. <laughs> Do you want to hear my uh, crazy theory of the episode? <laughs> Is this a trick question? Cool, because I want to say it anyway. So that it good. I want to. Uh, yes, I want to hear it. I don't remember when I first talked about this some while back, but anyway, this old uh, Maester Walgrave, who's okay, uh, yes. he's always like soiling his clothes, and uh, he's you know beyond his time now. But at, at some point, it was powerful, and he's still. I mean, he. I think you know, he, one of his sons is, a, is an archmaester as well, or a maester. Wallace, his bastard son. That's not the crazy. That's not the crazy theory part. The crazy theory three part is, <laughs> Walgrave is is the perfumed seneschal reference, which w- 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 because the idea is that he's he's always shitting his pants, so they I mean, they're using perfumes to make him smell better. Uh, but the the concept is is the maesters in general are are a threat to Danny. Uh, with the, initially the Southern ambitions to the Targaryens and generally are a threat to them. Now that concept itself is not crazy theory. That's true. Marwin warns against that. It's just the crazy part is, is saying the Seneschal refers to this guy. That's the crazy theory part. Now, now refresh my memory. The the perfume Seneschal. To who 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 what? That's a threat. Somebody who's one of the people is going to be a threat to Danny, right? That's one. Was it, is it? Um, That's right. Is it? That's um, right. Thank you. Quaith that brings that up, or is that somebody else? I, I don't remember. Off the top of my head, but anyway, that's that's like a prophetic warning. Beware the perfume Seneschal, and there's a boat named that. I think Tyrion's on that boat or related to that boat. There's also people, the Seneschals, which, which are like kind of like either a master or that kind of type of person. There's people in Marine that could also be a threat, and this is just a super long shot too. But the actual concept makes sense that they're a threat. Well, to be honest, now that you're saying that, it makes me think that the, whoever this alchemist person is might impersonate, might kill and impersonate um, uh, Maester, uh, whatever his last name is. Yeah, well, Walgrave or the other ones, he could, but he doesn't, he doesn't need to. I mean, he, he impersonates Pate. He takes Pate's face. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He gets Pate's face, he goes in there, and then at some point he may take Walgrave's face. No, he could. I mean, Walgrave's near death anyway. He could just yeah. kill him off and then have that in his he, pocket if he needed he, Exactly, yeah. or he doesn't even need to kill him off. Yeah. He just waits for him to die, and then he takes yeah. him. But then, but then because uh, and and then he's kind of in more of a sort of a power position than Pate, right? Yes. Um, and then could for, in some way pose some sort of threat to Danny when she well, arrives. Well, the, the reason, if actually, if I'm, if you remember, if you can confirm, I mean, he's there to get information on dragons, right? He's Jack and Hagar, and he's there to get information on dragons. Um. I don't know what if we know what his reason is. Well, he wanted he wants the books, right? I mean, he wants the, he wants access to the books there. That's for sure. Well, that key can open apparently any door, right? Mm. So we don't know yeah. if it's books or it could be something else. So for those of you who didn't reread, um, Pate, Maester Walgrave has a key to unlock any door in the Citadel mm. that is sort of lost in a lockbox under his bed that Pate steals. So he steals this key and gives it to the alchemist. That's part of the trade to get with Rosie. Um, so now um, 
the alchemist character has a key that unlocks any door in the citadel. So that's what Ashley is referencing. <laughs> I remember a lot of times I listen and I'm like, what are they talking about? What key? <laughs> so he has access. To, so I, I suppose there's other things he could access. My thought was that he wanted to get the books related to dragons. He wanted information related to dragons. But you're right. There could be other things there that could be valuable. Yeah, I mean, but just... Even have candles. Because then... Because then the perfume Senshell could be Walgrave, but the but that but Walgrave might not be Walgrave. You That's know? true. You know if, 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 if he shows up at Marine later, yeah, we know it's not so, Walgrave. <laughs> so you're saying Walgrave is yeah. the perfume Senshell? Yeah. That's a theory, right? Yeah. But what if Walgrave is not Walgrave and yeah. is actually like Jake and Hagar is Walgrave being the perfume Senshell? Then then it's a much more, then it's much more of a threat. Well, that's a direct physical threat, right? Like, if they're going that way in well, terms of well, assassination. Well, maybe a physical threat or an information yeah. or whatever he's getting from the Citadel could be a lot yeah, more than just a physical threat. Like, it's also like, there's you have to also, the, the next layer is, the, the Citadel seems to, like, the theory is that the Citadel had something to do with the dragons dying, that they don't like dragons, but also you got to think the faceless men don't like dragons dragons because of their history so yes. like is there multiple layers going on <laughs> probably it's george yeah. no why what's like, the what's the history between the faceless men and the dragons uh the faceless men come from uh being slaves in valerian they helped give death yeah. to the slaves to valerians like they were the enemy they were enemies of the valerians right the valerians were killing people uh, around bravos or whatever and they people escaped to bravos and uh, this whole religion came because of opposition initially to valerian oppression right that's I think that's basically the origin of them. Like they they they, they have reason yeah. to be concerned about okay. dragons. That's that's a good way. Yeah, but, and and Valeria coming yeah. to power again. <laughs> but maybe it's more of a preemptive. Like if we get the dragons, we can do to them what they did to us. Well, they're not necessarily like it's not a guarantee one hundred percent they're going to oppose Danny. I think they have reason to be wary of them. And yeah, yeah, Danny is also helping free slaves, which is what Bravos is all about. So. I think they're keeping their options open, but they certainly want to have the ability yeah. to be able to, to deal with dragons if they have to. Yeah. I'm excited so, to find out what exactly so is, he's going is, after. Is Jack in there on a job, or is Jack in there uh, as, uh, you know, eyes for the... So, now, why exactly do you think it is Jackins? Well, it's the villain. What's that? Just he, a faceless man. Jacken is all faceless men. <laughs> when you watch the show, yeah. but it is it is Jacqueline because because of the description, like it's it, it's one of the faces he used. This description of this character at the end is is the face. If you go back and compare, okay. and people have done so, it is Jacqueline. Oh, again. so the face the face that is described here of the alchemist, yes. is a face that was described very similarly uh, before yes. in Clash of Kings. It, when Arya last saw him, yes, that's correct. Okay, yeah. cool. Excellent. I'm sorry, I stepped on your toes over that question, Ashley. I don't know if you wanted to... Well, it's it's just curious because both organizations on the surface would look to be against dragons, but who knows? Like, maybe they want to see what the Citadel's up to, or maybe they want information on dragons. I, maybe they want to help the dragons and stop the Citadel. There's, there's a lot of, you know, questions. Yep. Certainly are. Certainly are. So does Jack and poison Pate at the end, or is he, he? I think the poison's on the coin. Yeah, it is. It's, it's on the coin because Arya uses the same method later. The idea of, of putting coin on the of putting poison on the coin that they bite on. So that makes sense, right? Oh, that's uh, the the bite. Oh, Jesus! 
You guys are so much smarter than I am. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. I got the feeling it was Jake and Nagar, too, but I was just curious uh, what you guys saw. Um, yeah, I don't think I got that the first time around reading it. I'm sure I just thought, like, oh, he's killed him somehow or whatever. Been all assassins. And also the line, a stranger, no one, truly. It's just a very Jack and dialogue right there. <laughs> well, yeah, you can pretty much get that he's... Uh... Well, I wonder. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm wondering if it was, if it was obvious that it was it was, a stra- it was a faceless man just from this chapter himself. You, you you get it confirmed later that it is a faceless man because Pate shows up again. It's Pate again, and yet and it, later on you'll see he he's like, oh, I'm like Pate, like the pig boy. And this whole chapter is how he hates the pig boy, so he would never say that. So it's not mm-hmm. Pate. So it had to be a faceless man. But you put the rest. That's of- a terrible faceless man. Aren't they supposed to like imitate the person, <laughs> not create a new like role with them? <laughs> well, I guess he just didn't. It didn't really matter. Maybe he heard it refer him refer to as that yeah. way. Well, he, so he, he didn't spend a lot of time getting nickname. to know him that that well. Um, he knows a little bit though, because because he knows. It's also uh, the, that what stood out to me. It sounds like Rosie's the one that introduced them. Yes. So maybe he was getting information from her, like trying yeah. to figure out who would be a good mark. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to think Rosie's like. Um, not maliciously in on it, but like she had a part in it unwi- unwittingly. You yeah, know? she's the one who introduced him there. It makes it even more sad. Yeah. Well, Leo, Leo, we didn't talk much about lazy Leo, the asshole, who's he's just he's a racist and uh, insulting everybody. And then you find out he's a Tyrell, <laughs> first cousin to what Mace Tyrell, I think he's a younger. The age, there's a bit of age difference there, but the um. And then he, he's like, "Oh, I'm going to buy." Uh, he wants to buy Rosie too. He's like, "He's going to break her in, and he should should be happy, and all this stuff." He's just such an asshole. Such an asshole. So I remember yeah. reading this the first time and being excited that we finally get a like firsthand account of Old Town. I don't think we've had that before in the books, and uh, I thought that was pretty exciting because Old Town seemed like a cool, cool place, yeah. and the Citadel and everything, and oh, where the mices are from, and. It's kind of, I mean, everything, every, every, everything's touched by the war, but it seems like this place less so. Don't jinx the cop. Because mm. <laughs> uh, it, it could very well get, get touched by the war if uh, yeah. the, the Ironborn are around, right? Although they, they do have fairly good forces there, but you never know. We also get a, I mean introduction to Marwyn the Mage, who's a pretty badass character. Yeah, I, again, I'd re- rereading that, he's been all across the world and whatnot, so he, he, he's in the know. I'm I'm very interested to hear what he has to say. He's referred to earlier, I think. I mean, I think he had something to do with the uh, Miri Mazdu, or they knew each other, or trained, or one one way or the other. But he he just he he's just on such a quest for knowledge that he just goes everywhere and he's open minded. Like only even Kyburn respects Marwyn. He's like Marwyn is the only guy who's actually pushing on boundaries and and is willing to to go around the world and, and go which. In. Isn't exactly the best endorsement coming from Kyburn. <laughs> well, it seems to be that Marwin doesn't go as far as Kyburn, which is good. <laughs> but no. uh, he he, he realizes that Marwin is is, I mean, he's go, he's consorting with all types of people. He's go, talking with magicians or whatever. Like he's 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 trying to seek knowledge everywhere, and he's and he's and he's getting there. Like, he's got the glass the glass candle, which apparently the the whole point of the glass candle, like at least the way they've been using it, is you can't light it. It's supposed to be a lesson. You can't trust in these things. There's only some things you can do with knowledge. And then suddenly there's a glass candle that's burning in, in Marwin's possession. Wait, does Marwin have it? I thought it was in a room in the Citadel. 
Uh, they have a few. They have a few different ones of them, and Marwin is at least Warman is beside it. I don't know if he took it to his chambers or what. Well, yeah, it's in his chambers. There's one in the maid's cha- in, in the mage's chambers. Is it one? Of, is it the green one or the black one? Or, or that one of the I don't think ones? was clarified. Yeah I, uh, yeah, I don't think it's clarified. Because there's one green one, and then there's a bunch of black ones, right? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they would have said it was the green one if it was the green one, because obviously the green one's special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's up with these candles? Yeah, I don't know. Well, they don't. What's up with the towers? What's up with all the black stones everywhere? The candles are more direct, though, in terms of, like, they weren't burning, and now they are, and now there's dragons in the world. Again, the whole thing is, is it because there's dragons the candles are burning, or the dragons are there because magic is back, and the candles are burning? Either way. So you're saying you can only light the candles when magic has returned to the world? That is that is for sure. Now, whether that's caused by the dragons or vice versa, I don't know. But there's they're they're working now again. They weren't working earlier, and now they're powered up. The old powers waken, shadows stir, and uh, even Leo, who's echoing stuff from Marwyn here, is dragons and darker things. Like so, Marwyn's getting aware of maybe the threat to the north here. They're referring to. So I'm looking up uh, Marwyn the mage here a bit, and it sounds like him and Mary Mazdor might have had a little something something. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> in Game of Thrones, Mary Mazdor mentions to uh, Daenerys that she was taught about human anatomy. By a maester named Marwyn. Yep. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? What kind of anatomy are we talking about? <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Uh, in Storm of Swords, J- um, in a conversation with Jamie Lannister, Quyburn explains how he came to believe in the possibility of ghosts and mentions that all the Archmaesters, only Marwyn, gives that matter a thought. Uh, cool. Well, Marwyn eventually is heading toward Danny later on, so... He's got a role to play if he makes it there. Think he knows any magic? Think he can cast some spells? That I don't know if he actually can do anything himself. He certainly is aware of stuff and has knowledge with regards to the dragons and all, all of that. He, he will be incredibly useful to Danny if, he, if he's able to make it there and she appreciates that. Oh, so the candle that is lit is the one Marwin has that's in his room. Okay, I, I missed that connection. I thought it was a different candle somewhere in the Citadel that they had heard nope, about. Nope, he's got it in oh. his chambers. The one Marwin has in his chambers is the one that is lit, and he lit it. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, we don't know if he's um, the one who lit it. It, it just, it's, it's just lit now. I don't know. Like, if it just okay. turned on by itself. It doesn't seem to be a regular fire. That's the description, right? doesn't seem to be a regular fire? Oh, what, it, like, cast no shadow or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I mean, Leo describes it. The oh, it doesn't, it doesn't blow out. It doesn't flicker. You cast strange shadows. I think if you look into, it, you can see other things. I don't know if you if you connect to the other person, the other side of another candle, or you get. I think you get to see stuff essentially. It's like a way. Oh, what they like? They're they're seeing stones. Yeah. Hmm. So when you see stuff in the flame, there's a lot in this one. I, I remember the first couple times I read this, I'm like, I got no clue yeah. what's going on with this. It's one of the most felt prologues. A lot of stuff happening. I mean, there's the red priests have a temple here. And they're praying, and and Pate actually is fairly realistic. I mean, he actually makes a good point of, in terms of if Stannis wins, maybe we'll all be learning these words better. The Red Priest, I don't know, it's unlikely that he's going to win, but that, the fact that that may be a consequence is true. And yeah. He's like, oh, well, yeah, but he's also like, yeah, but Tywin <laughs> smashed him, so. and Tywin's going to have him killed. It's like, well, no, Tywin's dead <laughs> by this point. 
or or very but, but i mean that that just happened yeah i don't think anybody no one knows, knows about, about that. or just about to happen there's overlap in terms of time yeah. timing here so well, i mean that's I mean, that's I everyone know. would think that's true but just finding he, he actually was astute enough to realize okay if status comes in there's gonna there might be a bit of a switch i don't think he would force it but people would would certainly learn it to you know suck up to whatever kings on the throne yeah but he he must also know like through the maester studies that like the, the law of the land has changed quite a few times. Mm. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, he's learned some things from there. So he talks about that he's learned a little bit of healing and stuff. He thinks he can get by with that as an occupation. He just won't be able to become a maester. It's just too difficult. Okay. Some people, you know, aren't made for it. And so he, he stole the he stole the key and he stole the silver as well. That's where he got his silver from. But I love the description of, uh, of the maester's box. So it's like, everybody thought I broke the lock, but... Actually, he broke his own lock because he couldn't That's find right. the key. <laughs> it, makes, it makes doesn't it remind you when we didn't get those Maester's boxes? Oh, I wasn't even thinking. <laughs> about. Too soon, I mean, too soon. Well, it's like eight, eight years later. Uh, my Maester's box, I'll take Still it now. Still grumbling over I'll it. I'll take it now. Oh man! Why would they give it to Seth Green? <laughs> I think he's got a few more followers than us. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Anything else in this chapter? Uh, nope. Not what I can think of. Nope. That was pretty good. Awesome. Well, actually, sorry, I'm excited. One, one, one final thing, just on the whole pay the pig boy thing. The idea of like a, a fool who kind of just makes, you know, it actually turns out to be wiser wins. That's actually a pretty common uh, folklore type story in lots of cultures. Like that kind of like the fool is unexpectedly clever. So that's that's cool that George refers to that. But also George kind of refers to that, that this is not realistic wouldn't happen i think that's george sometimes has a personal dig against those stories with like peasant boys that can defeat lords and outwit them or whatever and say it's not realistic i think that's kind of a dig toward that as well oh george's got a phone to pick <laughs> so there we go awesome well thank you so much for listening to us begin our journey through um a feast with dragons or a feast for dragons one of the, <laughs> uh, Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook at APOIAF. I'm going to throw up a I'm going to throw up a poll there. See what the, see what we uh, want to call this reread here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, make sure you keep following along, guys. Join us on our forums. Join the discussion, and we'll talk to you next time. See you next time. Yay. Okay, oh. let's uh, close this thing then. But yeah, good. All right. Well, you guys take care. Good chatting with yeah. you. Um, I, can't, I can't do next Wednesday. No, my, my computer like rebooted like 10 minutes ago. Like it finally did the update. whole reboot thing. Yeah, like, it's just, too. yeah. Hey, so why did Zoom become popular? Why, why didn't Skype become this system? That's a good point. I thought so Skype everyone hates like, Skype. Everyone, everyone secretly hates Skype. Hates Skype. Is Skype used for large video conferences? I think it has the capabilities well, that- to do so, but... I thought like it was yeah, the major video point. conferencing program, and then all of a sudden, when the world needs video conferencing, yeah. all of a sudden this other yeah. program just shows up. Out Skype of initially, I think, charged for video with more than three people. Like they may have got rid of that or fixed that, but Zoom was very good about suddenly doing video with like five to ten people for free. And yeah, but only up to forty minutes. True, but forty minutes is often long enough to to do it. Okay, like to get you hooked on it, or you can just be, restart the call. Like, do you really need to talk more than forty minutes? with somebody often you often you don't or somebody will just be like oh yeah you're right it pisses them off and they just pay and buy the damn thing but uh, also the fact that you could just click on the link and open it up 
without installing software. I don't know if Skype has that or not. It might, but that was Yeah, useful. I don't think you can run Skype in a browser. That was useful okay, for cool. people as well. Makes sense to me. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, take care of yourselves, and I'll see you in a couple okay. weeks. Okay, cool. Bye. Hey. Yo. How you guys doing? Hey, can you hear me? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm using my iPad. I can't get it to work on my computer. Cool. It took a long while to start up. Doing good, man. How you guys doing? Good. Excellent. All right. Here we are. <laughs> Everybody healthy? Yep. Yep. <laughs> and oh, loving life, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, just staying inside all the time. Yeah. I'm getting out more. Going for drives. I feel like I'm doing everything by myself, but I mean, that's not much different than it was before. <laughs> all right. Episode number. Yeah, like 400. 256. For the week of May. Uh, what was it? Let's see. Would we do it on Sundays, May 17th? Yep. 2010. Sorry, my computer is old. Do you need to close some stuff or? No, I just certain operations will be like, hold on, gotta sit. Uh, <laughs> give me a second. I mean, my computer is uh, 11 years old. Oh. I think. But still does most of what I needed to do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't play those Steam games, though. That sucks. All right, we diving into this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. You recording? Yep. All right, cool. <clears throat> Let us go again. Uh.